Hello, my name is Dorothy and today I'm going to talk about um, what Jesus said about the natural world. Now, this part of a series and um, we're looking at the Gospels for the evidence of um, what Jesus was talking about. Now, unless you've been sitting in a very dark cellar with your fingers in your ears, you can't have avoided um, what's been in the news um, recently, um, talking about what's been going off up in Glasgow. It's been invading our um, televisions and radios and the media all the time um, about climate crisis. And so many people have been talking about it, thinking about it. Now, you might be um, feeling, um, I don't know, um, hopeless, angry, frustrated, um, very concerned, anxious about it. I don't know. But today, I'm going to just talk about how Jesus viewed his natural environment and what we can glean from the Gospels about how Jesus um, spoke about it, interacted with it. And let's have a look at it, coming at it perhaps from a different angle, um, because I don't have a science background, so I'm not going to get into any of the technical details that we've been bombarded with over the news and all the discussion that there's been recently. So we're going to come at it from um, a much more simple, straightforward angle. Because in Jesus' day, nobody was talking about climate change. I think they were more concerned about the Roman occupation of their land and so the other such issues in their time. So, let's have a look. I'm going to look at it from um, three simple um, directions. First, um, looking at how and why Jesus observed the natural world around him. And secondly, um, I'm just going to look at two examples of how Jesus um, used lessons from the natural world around him. And thirdly, um, look at how Jesus actually interacted with the natural world. So, first of all, um, I've been totting up um, some of the ways in which Jesus observed the natural world around him and some of the ways in which he talked about them. He clearly spent a lot of time observing the natural world. He walked everywhere um, in Galilee and Judea in his own land and uh, he mentions the natural world a huge number of times in the gospel records. Um, so, for instance, the seasons and the weather, um, such as the harvest and the summertime, the clouds, the sky, the wind, the storms, all these things are mentioned many times in the Gospels. And the elements and the landscapes, sand, rock, sea, water, mountains, um, they're all talked about in the Gospels. And... Um, the specific trees and plants, um, natural foods and um, drink, they come into the Gospels many times. But the largest category was actually animals and birds. So you've got everything from 
moths and scorpions, ravens, to camels, wolves and sparrows. All of those species are mentioned. But what does any of this show? I think um, that probably, um, yes, it might have been that Jesus enjoyed nature study. Um, I think he probably did get some enjoyment from it. Um, but more than that, I think Jesus saw lessons in the natural world around him. Um, and these natural things give us pictures that are very easy to fix in our minds. Um, they're very good visual aids. Um, so let me give you two very good examples um, that have lasted for 2,000 years. They're ones that you'll be very familiar with, but they're very powerful pictures that Jesus used. First of all, when Jesus was talking to the crowds around him, he said one day, look at the birds. I dare say they, they all turned their heads and looked. Um, now, what was his point? He said, look, those birds aren't worrying themselves. They're not fluttering about thinking, what are we going to feed on today? Uh, do we need to build a barn to store our food in? No, they're not um, anxious about where they're going to get their next meal from. God feeds them. And then he said, um, look at the lilies. And perhaps there were some wildflowers growing nearby. And he said, look how gorgeous they are. They're beautiful. But they're not spending their time spinning and weaving and worrying about how they're going to clothe themselves. And he said, actually, they're, they're, ju they're just gorgeous. But they'll only be here for a day or two, and then they'll wither up. He said, don't you think you're more important than the, the birds or the wildflowers that are only here for such a short time? God cares about them, but he cares about you a whole lot more. You see, Jesus' point was that he wanted people not to be anxious, but to understand the lessons in the creation around them, that God cares. There are lessons written in the natural world around us, showing God's care. When we look at some of the tiniest things in creation, they speak to us of God's care. If God cares about those tiny things or things that just don't last very long, some things that only last a day, like a mayfly. If God cares about those, how much more does he care about us people who are made to know him and love him? And then a very other potent picture that Jesus used. In John chapter 10, Jesus speaks about himself as the good shepherd. He says, I am the good shepherd. Now, there's a bit of a difference between how our picture here in the West of a shepherd. We think of a shepherd, we've perhaps seen them out in um, 
the countryside, um, herding along their sheep, with often with a, a trusty dog with them. But in the Middle East, um, the shepherds um, led their sheep. Even if they were their sheep were penned up with somebody else's sheep, when it came time for them to go out and find some fresh pasture land for their sheep, they would call their sheep and their sheep would respond. The other sheep wouldn't, that belonged to somebody else. But their sheep would come when they heard their shepherd's voice and would follow them. Only their sheep would come out from amongst the others and follow them. And they would be led by their shepherd. And Jesus said, my sheep know my voice and they'll follow me. You see, what he's painting is a picture of a trusting relationship. And that's the kind of relationship Jesus wants us to have with him. One where we know we can trust him to lead us and guide us. A relationship where we know him. Where we belong to him. And Jesus also said further on, I lay down my life for my sheep. And that's exactly what he did. Jesus laid down his life so that we can know again a relationship with our Heavenly Father. By laying down his life, Jesus opened the way for that relationship with our Heavenly Father to be restored. So, in that image, the people who were listening to Jesus, perhaps later when they were watching shepherds on the hillsides in Galilee, they would be able to think about that. Do I need someone? to guide me in my life? Do I really need to know that I belong? And even today, those questions still hang in the air. Do I need someone to really direct me in life? Do I need deep down to know I belong? Well, Jesus is still the same. Jesus is still the good shepherd for us. But there's another very interesting incident recorded in three of the Gospels where Jesus actually interacted with his environment. It was one day when Jesus was with his disciples and they were crossing the Sea of Galilee, which was actually a very big lake. But it's surrounded by hills and sudden storms were something that could happen on that lake. And on this occasion, Jesus was fast asleep in the back of the boat. And as they were crossing the lake, one of these sudden storms occurred. 
Now, it must have been particularly bad because it terrified the disciples. They thought the boat was going to go down. But Jesus was still fast asleep. So they shouted to him and woke him up and they said, Jesus, don't you care? We're going to drown. So they were terrified of the storm and it looked like the boat was going to go down. But Jesus stood up and it says he rebuked the wind and the waves and said, silence, be still. And it did just that. The wind stopped and the waves calmed down and it was calm. And then the disciples were terrified of him. It says they were terrified and they said to each other, Who is this man that the wind and the waves obey him? Now these guys were good Jewish lads and they would have known their Hebrew scriptures back to front. So I wonder if when they got over the panic and the shock, they would have remembered something they'd read in their Hebrew scriptures, which I'm sure they would have known. It's what we call the Old Testament. Because in one of their Psalms, in fact, Psalm 107, it portrays a situation just exactly like they've just been in, where some sailors are terrified and they shout, Lord, help! And in verse 39, it says, God, says of God, he calmed the storm to a whisper and stilled the waves. See, that was God. Would it dawn on them who they'd had in their boat? You see, the one who they'd had in their boat was Emmanuel, God with us. That was the answer to their question. Who is this man? It was Emmanuel, God with us. That's who Jesus was. That's why he could interact with the wind and the waves and say, peace, be still. And the wind and the waves would obey him. So, that's a quick look at how Jesus interacted with his environment. And what can we learn from it? What does it mean to us today? I think because Jesus cared for his environment and interacted with it, so should we. Because God can speak to us through his creation. Now, how many times during lockdown 
did we hear on the media, on your television, your radio, on the internet, get out into the green spaces. It'll do you good. It's therapeutic. It made me smile because I thought, yes, of course it does you good. It tells us at the very beginning of the Bible that when God created this world, he looked at it and he said, it is good. So is it surprising if when we get out into God's creation, it does us good? I don't think so. I think it's not at all surprising that when we get out into God's creation, it makes us feel good. And God can speak to us through his creation. There are lessons to be learned from it. So yes, it's good to be out in God's creation and to observe it. And as we look at it, we can be reminded of some of the lessons that Jesus drew from the creation. So when we see the birds or the beautiful wildflowers, it reminds us of God's care and many other lessons that Jesus drew from the world around him. But we're also reminded in the Bible that God gave us this world to care for. And part of being neighbours, as Jesus reminded us, to care for our neighbour as ourselves, is to care for this world as well. As we've been reminded, our actions here affect others in other parts of the world, and they are our neighbours. So as we care for God's creation, we are caring for our neighbours in other parts of the world. And there are many organisations such as Tear Fund who are working to help us, to help us understand what our responsibilities are and to help others in other parts of the world as they feel the effects of climate change. So we're back to there, where we began with climate change. But as Christians, we can care and show our care for others by caring for God's creation. So let us be thankful for God's creation. Let's observe it. Let's enjoy it. And look and listen so that God can speak to us through it. But care for it as part of our caring for others in this world. So thank you for listening. And keep listening to God's creation.